Hello everyone, my name is Joshua Gilliland. I'm one of the founding attorneys of the Legal Geeks. With me is Megan Hitchcock, an attorney that I went to law school with. How are you, Megan? I'm good, thank you. So we've done Comic-Cons together, and now we just watch Season 1, Episode 1 of The Boys, The Name of the Game. That's quite a uh, train wreck of legal issues. <laughs> Wait till you watch the rest of the season. Yeah, so uh, I, I've been holding off on this because I wanted to read the trade, but you showed it to me and I can see why it's highly addicting. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the opening and, and just some of the initial legal issues of uh, Huey with his girlfriend Robin and A-Train running over her, well, like a train. <laughs> it was horrifically violent, disgusting brutal yeah um there will be spoilers but yeah so this this young woman gets run over um yeah. I, I i'm gonna have to correct you she doesn't get run over she gets run mm -hmm. through in fact i think he a train even says he swallowed one of her molars like a bug yeah it's just he was covered in goo mm -hmm. uh you know that's a slow motion shot of you see her spine, her jaw shattered. It's horrific. And they were, you know, uh, Robin and Huey were talking about moving in together. Uh, they would have been a cute couple. And now she was violently killed. Probably didn't feel anything, so that's a plus. She had just stepped off the curb, so she's technically in the street, but standing off the curb. And lawyers show up that represent the superheroes and uh, they offer a settlement check with an NDA for $45,000 and their legal position is well she was in the street now let's let's talk about would that bar recovery or not um not necessarily that's not their only reason uh, that's not the company's only uh, theory it's also that they're also claiming that he has no legal recourse and that she was in the street. But we'll get to one before we get to the other. Um, so the fact that she's in the street, uh, she's technically in the gutter. <laughs> um, so she's not actually on the street. <laughs> um, and if you've watched the episode, there are no cars coming. It is an empty street. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I don't think that's a, a fault issue on her part that would bar her from recovery. Yeah, and New York does have contributory negligence, which states that in an action to recover damages for personal injury or wrongful death, and this would be a wrongful death uh, uh, issue, the uh, culpable conduct attributed to the claimant or to the decedent this case, Robin's family, uh, including contributory neg uh, negligence, shall not bar recovery, but the amount of damages otherwise recoverable shall be diminished in the proportion which the culpable conduct attributed to the, the decedent bears to the culpable conduct which caused the damages. So that's a mouthful of saying simply being off the street shouldn't bar recovery. It should basically be where 
the inside tires of any car would be parked. So should, if the car was parked right there, um, I, and I, I clearly don't see any liability on her part. I don't think any jury would ever find any liability on her part. Um, plus there's no cars on the street, so it's not like she saw an immediate harm and was still stepped out there, stepped out onto the street. A train was hauling ass uh, down the street, so. And if anything, you could look at pure negligence for him because if he's just running basically in the gutter, which is, you know, next to the sidewalk, you know, he's creating wind shear, he's, you know, literally a force that's, you know, like an A train. Uh, it's tough to imagine the situation where recovery is completely barred because she just took a step off the curb. Well, going with that, with what you just said, I mean, just imagine if you're walking along the curb and he goes by, he could take off an arm. Exactly. And you haven't even stepped in the street yet. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, technically, he's in the street running at high speed, which... Well in excess of the speed limit. <laughs> yeah, so we get, you know, unless there are some rules giving him free reign to do so. Which I'm sure there are. Because we live in a world where, where this fictional world has over 200 cities with or 200 superheroes being deployed in cities across the country kind of like a sports franchising team in order to do crime fighting for the police which sounds uh, problematic on all kinds of levels mm -hmm. that under the current law it would it would be extremely difficult for him to get away scot-free and just say Thoughts and prayers, uh, you have my sympathies for obliterating your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Now, we do have an issue of who sues. So, uh, part of their claim is, hey, that was your girlfriend, you weren't married, therefore, you know, no recovery, you can't sue on, on her behalf, and what's your take on that? So, he has two issues. Um, yes, he's not, they're not married, but... Um, he's definitely got either a claim for negligent or intentional in infliction of emotional distress. He's standing right there. He is close to her. Uh, he watched it happen. He's actually holding her hands <laughs> after it happens. Um, so I think he's got a very clear case of intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress. As for the wrongful death, um, if he can show uh, that they were either close to living together or they'd shared some they'd been together for five years or something like that some longevity that they were together he may be able to uh bring a uh, not common law but some right. just some sort of if he can show some sort of relationship long-lasting relationship he might be able to tag on a wrongful death, but his best bet would be intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress. Yeah, and I would add to that, like, he technically is harmed. Like, he is splattered with her guts. Mm -hmm. So, like, he was in, uh, you know, literally danger from A-Train's exhibition of speed, his proximity to, on the, you know, running by the sidewalk. Well... And as you'll see throughout the rest of the season, he was clearly traumatized by this event. So, um, I mean, I've, I've seen the whole series, so I know what's coming, but he's very clearly traumatized by the entire event. So he is a very good case for infliction of emotional distress. 
Um, now the question would be who he sues because this is not technically, I mean, it's similar to a police or government official uh, causing the death, but it's a private company. Yeah, and again, this gets weird, and I'm sure there'll be other facts presented throughout the series, but if we have a private company conducting law enforcement, you, know, you can still sue the police. You, you know, police shooting cases, police cars running into people. Like, that's not a complete free pass. City attorney's offices across the country deal with, with cases like this every day. So... There, there's there's going to be liability of some kind, and they can't just walk it off. Uh, it does raise interesting questions about... Um, it, it's not a fireman's rule, because that, that deals with um, firemen or police suing for injuries to them. It's like, this is, that's totally different than what we have here. But you can sue police and city agencies for harm. So... He clearly has, I mean, as they're sitting at the table, they're talking about their points that they get for their marketing. So he clearly has some money, so you could definitely go after him personally. Uh, you may be able to, and you'll find out later, but you may be able to go after him for punitive damages, or at least the company for punitive damages for not, you'll see later why, but for not regulating a couple things. <laughs> well, that, and why didn't he stop? Well, he did stop to say, oops. <laughs> oops, I can't stop, and then ran away. Right. So all kinds of bad there, but there would be theories to sue, and it would be best for Robin's family to bring the lawsuit. True, but he's not barred at all. No, exactly. He, he can sue. Now let's talk about the Me Too elements of this, which were highly disturbing. Oh. Uh, so we, we have the... The young superhero who I hope is a legal adult named Starlight. Starlight. Um, character's name is Anne. You know, sweet Midwest girl from Iowa. Wanted to be a hero to help the world. All the right things that you want in a superhero. And we have a character called The Deep that goes right for the quid pro quo of how bad do you want this job and drops his pants. Um, that That's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> oh god uh, he, Yeah we No that's a Hostile work environment Sexual harassment we, we have lots of laws saying that's a no no There are so many things wrong with that That he's threatening To uh, Say that she Threatened him And that she shouldn't be uh, Brought into the seven And of course she's new She doesn't know any better So uh, and she's young, and she wants to do a good job, and I, I feel terrible about her. Uh, and it's just awful. Um, but I gotta say, Chase Crawford did a very good job of being a total and complete ass uh, while doing this. Yeah, he he does a believable job of you know going full Weinstein, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Um, so just say no. Just say no. Um, and maybe don't drop your pants just because she said, uh, you know, I had a poster of you on my wall growing up. Maybe that's not the opening that you should drop your pants for. Maybe wait for a little bit more than that. Yeah, or, just a thought. <laughs> or, 
or, or don't do that at all. Like that's a that's a hell of a leap. It is. What a poster of you on my wall. Well then, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a green light. That's that's bad. Uh, we then have the pervert hanging, who's invisible, hanging out in the co-ed bathroom. Translucent, yes. Yeah, which is a very um, Ally McBeal uh, world. Um, yeah, not a fan of those. That just so wrong. Yeah, um, you also have uh, when Starlight's in the bathroom um, trying to vomit. Um, she runs into Queen Maeve, who basically tells her to, you know, don't let him see you cry, kind of thing. You can already tell she's already jaded. So this obvious, it see it. They allude to it that it's already happened to her. She already had to go through the same thing. And she's now completely and totally jaded. Uh, so. Yeah. Which brings us to why Huey goes to get a settlement check in person from the Sevens building, which was to plant a bug that Butcher gave him. And there was a complicated plan. And when you have a pervert hanging out in the bathroom, well, that's just bad on so many levels. But... He's discovered, and his bug's discovered. That raises issues of uh, eavesdropping. And in New York, because this is New York, a person is guilty of eavesdropping when he unlawfully engages in wiretapping uh, so they can mechanically overhear a conversation or accessing an electronic communication. And that's a Class E felony in New York. So again, that's not good uh, well, you also have an issue where he thinks he's working with the feds. Yeah, so yeah. he actually thinks he's doing this under a federal officer and working for the government. So he actually would have a defense saying that uh, he, in good faith, totally thought that um, Butcher was uh, a fed and only learns at the end that he was he's not a fed. Yeah, there was a badge. So he might have thought... There's got to be a warrant. Well, you, you, you have only seen the first episode, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I believe that Huey's got a pretty good defense out of getting out of that felony. Yes, which is a good thing. So, there are more episodes to watch. This is the first discussion, and tune in for more. <laughs>